Welcome to the Troy Chi Alpha Podcast, reconciling students to Christ, transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. In today's episode, you'll be listening to our sermon delivered at this week's Wednesday Night Worship. back tonight. It feels like it's been forever. I was uh, in quarantine uh, for 24 days at the end of last semester, so I missed uh, our last uh, time together. So I think it's been about two months since I've seen most of you guys. Uh, most of you look about the same. I think Sean got a haircut, but other than that, most of you guys look about the same. So, hey, um, so tonight I'm going to tell you guys some stories, and we're going to talk about community, uh, if that's okay. If it's not okay, you can see me after service and Tell me what I should have done, I guess. So, um, when I was younger, who am I kidding, uh, now even, um, I, I, just, I just have a lot of questions in my mind. Like, I ask questions that, I don't know, maybe you don't think about these kinds of questions, maybe I'm the only one who thinks about these kinds of questions, but I, I remember really distinctly when I was younger, uh, wrestling uh, with this question, this conflict, this dilemma I had in my head. See, there was nothing really wrong with my church or the church that I had, different churches I had been to, but I just felt like something wasn't adding up. So I was reading the Bible, I was reading about these characters, these people, I was reading about the way the early church interacted, I was reading Paul's letters, and it just felt like it wasn't the same as what I had experienced, and I want to be very clear, like, I'm, I'm not saying that the church that I was in was, was bad or heretical or they were doing things wrong. Like, I think, I think what, what I really struggle with, I don't know, I tend to be pretty intuitive. I don't know about you guys. I, I am very, very analytical, but, but I tend to be fairly uh, intuitive. It's kind of like, like, I could give you, I don't know what your favorite food is. We'll just say it's a chicken sandwich, right? Because everybody likes Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I love using that for my analogies because I like chicken. But, like, there's a difference between, like, a fresh, hot chicken sandwich, right, that they just cook for you, and then one that, like, you know, was made, like, yesterday, right before closing time, that I, like, saved for you and brought for you today, right? Like, technically, it's the same thing. Like, technically, like, if we were to break down, like, the molecular structure, it would still be a chicken sandwich, but you would know something wasn't quite right about it. Like, it would not feel like what you expected chicken sandwich to feel like and I feel like for me that's kind of where I was at like I couldn't put my finger on like okay this is how the early church is different or this is how those Christians were different I just I just had this feeling that there was something different that I was missing out on it was almost like I was I was seeing things through shades of gray instead of in full color and the church that I was reading about just seemed so much more vibrant than what I had personally experienced in my life. Now, I'm sure that I've grown and matured. I'm sure a lot of what was missing was really my own faith and in my own heart. It had nothing to do with the, the people I was around or the pastor. It's, it's not that I'm being accusatory. I just, I just felt like 
there was something different. And maybe, maybe you guys have felt like that at some times. Maybe you found yourselves reading in the Bible, maybe reading about the way that Christians ought to interact with each other or the way we ought to speak to each other or treat one another. And you're just like, wow, that's like really, really different from anything that I've ever experienced. Almost to the point that it would feel weird a little bit if we were to actually do those things that we see uh, the Christians in the Bible, the early church doing. I think one of the things that really stood out to me um, when I first came to Chi Alpha was uh, the fact that there was a place where, like, I could ask all of these types of questions, and I could say, like, this just doesn't feel like I think it should feel. I, I think there's something missing. And people were willing to let me have that conversation, even though I couldn't really explain. Because uh, I feel like sometimes, like, I, I have things in my mind that I just can't get it out. It's like we don't really have the common vocabulary. And, and I think for me, like, experiencing community the way that I did uh, when I first experienced Chi Alpha was one of those things uh, that I have now realized that, that maybe uh, I have better words for. But I want to talk to you guys about community tonight. And before I do, I just want to let you know, we're going we're gonna to look at Acts, we're going to look at the early church, and we're going to see maybe there's some things uh, in the Bible's description of the early church and community that, that maybe could apply or benefit us or encourage us. And so we're going to look at that in a little bit. Before I go much farther and talk about community, I feel like I kind of want to define what I mean when I say community. Because I think, like, we say words, and that word means a different thing to different people. Like, it's really weird to me that, like, there are things that are, like, online communities. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's the antithesis of community in my mind if it's only virtual and, and, like, I think we throw around the word community a lot. It's kind of like a buzzword to make feel, people feel warm and fuzzy inside. And so I want to kind of um, define what I mean by community. But, again, I'm struggling because I don't know that I really have the words to describe what I think I mean in my mind. Um, so to kind of define the word community, if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to tell some stories. And, and I think sometimes if we can, like, see a picture or, or a narrative, uh, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for us to understand uh, what we're talking about. And so tonight, I want to tell you three stories that I think will kind of define what, what I think community should look like. Uh, I want to introduce you to some people. First person is Sydney. So there's going to be a picture. Yep. Okay. So this is Sydney's story. Um, so I guess it's been about five, six years ago. I don't know. It's a long time ago because uh, I'm old. We were in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee uh, for a SALT conference. It's a conference that Chi Alpha does over New Year's uh, every year. And... Um, we had, like, packed out this brick oven pizza place in, like, downtown Knoxville. Um, and everybody, you know, piled in there. This is pre-COVID, so, like, nobody cared. We were all sitting on top of each other. I'm sure other people were really annoyed that we're there because we were really loud. And we stayed there forever. And we were just having a really good time. And we finally uh, leave because we had somewhere to go. And we go back out to the parking lot. And the trunk of Sydney's car has been jimmied open. And uh, there wasn't much she had left in there, but she had left her, her backpack in the, in the trunk of her car, and someone had stolen it. Of course, she was very distraught. She was very upset. Um, uh, there was, I think, uh, like a, a journal that she had gotten for Christmas. She had been writing some things in, like a prayer journal uh, and some other little things. And then there was uh, this camera. I don't know, apparently Polaroid cameras are cool again. I don't know. Um, so it was this brand-new Polaroid camera that she really liked, and so this is all missing. And so she was very, very heartbroken that, that these things were gone and just the general 
feeling of helplessness that she had been uh, robbed there in the parking lot. And so um, I watched over like the next three hours as all of these students, like I had nothing to do with this, all of these students, they just started talking and they tr started figuring out what was in Sydney's backpack. And they like took up a collection and they went to the store. They found a store that was open on New Year's Day and they replaced every item, including this Polaroid camera. And they put it all back in the backpack. And then like three hours later, they're like, hey, Sydney, we, we got you everything that we could find that was lost out of your backpack. We saw how much it upset you. And so we thought this is one little thing that we could do to help make your trip not terrible. And uh, to be honest, I was a little bit um, astonished um, that, that they would go through that much trouble to help someone over. To be honest, something that I thought, you know, it's kind of silly to me. It's, it's just a Polaroid camera and, and, a, and a journal. But, but to her, it was important. And I think what I, I realized in that moment that is that in real community, People are aware of the needs of others and are eager to meet them without being coerced. I think that's what blew me away. Like, these students, they simply saw that their friend was upset. They didn't judge, oh, that's silly, it's just a camera, or just a They saw that it affected someone, and they didn't wait for a pastor or someone to say, well, you know what you guys ought to do? You ought to make this plan and make a budget and uh, collect the money. They just, they just saw a need in their friend's life, and without anyone coercing them to do anything about it, they just met the need. I think that's what real community looks like. Let me tell you about a guy named Woody. His picture will be right up here. This is Woody's story. Woody's a fun guy. Uh, if you ever meet him, you'd have a, have a blast. This is Woody uh, and his wife, Jessica. So, uh, true story, um, Woody meets this girl uh, at movie gallery. So, a long, long, long time ago, before the internet, people went to stores and bought movies and games and took them home and watched them. I don't know if you guys know that, but, but Woody, Woody met, met Jessica at the movie gallery. And he came, came back and he said, hey, Justin, I met this girl. I'm going to have a, my first date with her tonight. I'm really excited. And it's like, great, great, Woody, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and I hope she just loves Jesus, and we talked about that kind of stuff. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And, you know, we, we kind of have this thing in our community that, you know, if you're going to make a big decision like dating someone, like you should probably find out what the people you trust most really think about that person. And, like, maybe, maybe you're just kind of blinded by love, or, or maybe, okay, maybe this person is sincere and they are a good ma match for you. And so... You know, we had had those conversations. Woody knew those things, but, you know, I didn't think anything about it. And so, so I knew it was like Friday night, and Woody had a date, uh, his first date with Jessica. And so I'm, I'm sitting in my living room watching TV, and there's a knock at my door. So I go to the door. It's, it's Woody and this girl that I've never met before. I say, hey, Woody, what's up, man? He goes, oh, well, um, I'm going on my first date with Jessica, and I know how important it is to have uh, people in my life um, who speak into things so I wanted you to meet her before we went anywhere. He's like, this is Jessica. He's like, by the way, can I use your bathroom? And he just walks down the hallway and leaves this poor girl standing on my front porch. No lie. It was like, hey, would you like to come in? I don't know you, but let's talk. And, you know, obviously it was a little bit awkward in that moment. And it's kind of funny looking back now. Um, and Woody and Jessica, they, they eventually left my house and went on their date. And, um, and I thought I was like, Woody, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I think it's important 
that you, you ask your pastor what he thinks about the person you're going to date, um, but like differently if you ever have another first date. But anyways, he didn't have another first date. Uh, he, he married her, um, you know, about a year later, and they're still happily married and have tons of kids. And, but but as, as kind of silly as Woody's story sounds, I think there's something in it that kind of describes or defines for us uh, what real community is. That in real community, people value or they see value and not judgment in the opinions and influences of brothers and sisters. I think too often we're really afraid of other people's opinions. We don't really want to give people influence because, like, what if they disagree with us? Then I'm going to feel judged, I'm going to feel attacked. And like, listen, Woody did not care. He's like, first date, listen, woman, like if we're going to go see the pastor and love, he, he doesn't say this is okay. Like, I guess he's going to take her home. I don't know what he's going to do if I was like, yeah, I don't think she loves the Lord for real. Um, but I think, I think Woody demonstrated what it really looked like to care about the influence of other brothers and sisters and to not view that as judgment or not uh, be fearful of letting people have influence in his life. And then last story I'll tell you um, is Tom's story. Now, actually, Tom's not here tonight. His flight got delayed, and so he couldn't, uh, he couldn't make it here. And so he actually doesn't know I'm telling the story about him at all. Um, so you guys can tell him later. Um, Tom's story, I think, really helps us understand what community is. Um, so, yeah, about four and a half years ago, um, the UAC block party had gotten rained out, and we were all crammed. In, in the old basketball arena that's no longer existence, and um, we took our cornhole boards and put them up on the stage, and we just started playing cornhole and just started asking random people, hey, you want to come play cornhole with us? And Tom and his roommate came, and they played cornhole with us all night long, and then we were doing something the next night, and the guys invited Tom to come hang out that night, and they're like, hey, we're doing something else this other time, and, like, Tom just kept showing up. They kept inviting him to stuff, and Tom kept showing up the whole time, Tom didn't know anything about Jesus. Tom had never really grown up in church or known anything about church. And they kept inviting him, and they're like, hey, well, we do this worship thing on Wednesday night. You should come to that, too. And so Tom uh, came to a few worship services. And something happened. And, you know, maybe you could ask Tom about this, but I, I think from what I understand, he just says that there was just a moment where he said, you know, I feel something here that I don't feel anywhere else. I think I'm going to give God a chance. And, and to be honest, like, there was never any of this, like, oh, Tom's an outsider, he's this new guy, or he's a new convert. Like, he was just immediately someone who was a part of the family. And I think, I think how Tom's story helps us really understand and define community is to understand that in real community, people make room for everyone that comes to the table. There's always room for one more person at God's table. That we're always willing to make someone else feel welcome. To make, to make sure that this is not a closed community. This is not a closed place where outsiders are not welcome. Where it's us and them. Now, maybe you think, well, Justin, your idea of community is not my idea of community. Or, you know, those are good stories, but that has not been my experience. And maybe your experience has been a little bit different. Maybe there have been things in your life that frustrated you. Maybe you've been one of those folks that kind of walk around with a chip on your shoulder and you're, you're like, yeah, that church is terrible because, you know, they don't do these things. They don't feed the poor. They don't, 
They don't do all these other things that they're supposed to. They're not, they're not the true church. And I think the reality is, is, is we could, could have two churches side by side, and they could have the exact same programs, and they could sing the same songs, and they could do all the exact same things in what they do. But they could have two completely different cultures. Because, because what makes us the body of Christ is not what we do. It's who we are. It's how we love each other. It's how we interact with one another. Like we, you know, we, we could do all kinds of great service projects. You know, we could feed all the hungry people. We could do, you know, street preaching. If you guys want to do that, that'd be fun, right? Any volunteers? Great. Okay. Unfortunately, that didn't, just got shot down. Um, it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. Are we truly the body of Christ? Do we treat each other in a way that honors Jesus? Are we living in real community? Listen, there's a huge difference between this type of community that I've, I've tried to describe here tonight and showing up once a week and singing songs and listening to someone preach a sermon. Singing songs together and listening to great teaching doesn't, doesn't make a community. A community is something intangible. I can't, I can't really define it for you other than through my stories, but I can tell you what it's not. Just like I can't really tell you exactly the difference between a fresh chicken sandwich and a day-old chicken sandwich, but when you experience, you know the difference. You know the difference in what it means to be loved and to trust somebody else and what it means to feel like you don't belong. It's just something that you know that you feel. Tonight, I want us to look at Acts chapter 2. Uh, we're going to look at verses 42 uh, through 47. Um, all throughout biblical history, we see a pattern. I think one of the reasons why we struggle to be a church like the church we read about in the Bible is uh, most of us here are Americans or are from a Western mindset, and we are very individualistic. And the, the issue here is, is that really, even at creation, even when it was just Adam, God's intention was that Adam shouldn't be alone. And that when God calls his people in the Exodus, he doesn't call just one person or just two people. He calls them as a community, as a group of people, he calls them out. And then we see in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he doesn't just pick just one guy. He picks 12 guys, and he literally spends almost every minute of every day with those 12 guys. And then we get to the early church, and it's launched in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through verse 47. That's what it says. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came over every soul, and many wonderful or wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day 
those who are being saved. Luke records for us this beautiful picture of early Christian community. In, in this picture that Luke gives us, there are, are three verses I want us to focus on tonight. Uh, verse 42, verse 45, and verse 47. So uh, verse 45 says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Verse 42, uh, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Verse 47, They were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. God intended for his people to be aware of the needs of others and to be eager to meet them without being coerced. Because that's what we see in the early church. God intended for his people to value and see value and not judgment in the opinions and influence of others, brothers and sisters, which is why they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. And God intended for his people to make room for everyone that he invited to the table because they were seeing daily people added to their community, those who were being saved. I think the Bible here gives us a great picture of what God's intention for us as the body of Christ should look like. That we see this picture. Now listen, the early church, they had lots of problems too, okay? They, they were not perfect. There, there were lots of things that happened later and there was a lot of mess and that's why we have most of, 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 of the, the, the epistles, the, the letters uh, from Paul, from Peter, from John, uh, because people were doing dumb stuff and they were having to be corrected. But, but in this snapshot, we see the body of Christ as, as Christ intended it to be, as he intended for us to relate to one another. To be honest, I think that's really the hard part of following Jesus, is learning how to relate to other people. Like, Jesus is pretty easy to relate to. Like, he just loves us, and he gives us stuff, and he forgives us, like, of course we love Jesus, because he loves us, but like, people, people are hard to love, people are hard to get along with, sometimes it's, it's hard to hold your tongue when you really want to tell someone what you think, I think that's part of the hard part, but I, I think that's what makes the gospel come alive, the, the, realizing that God never intended us to live just in relationship with him in a vacuum without our brothers and sisters in Christ. I heard it put, put this way one time. Discipleship is not offered as an independent study. Discipleship is not offered as an independent study. God intended us to be shaped and molded by his community, by his body, and that we have to be in community to really experience all that God has intended for us to have. And for some of us, like, this just seems foreign. Because what we've grown up with is you go to church on Sunday morning, you put on nice clothes, and you sing songs, and you listen to the sermon, and you shake the preacher's hand pre-COVID, and then you go home, and you come back and do it again next Sunday. And so so this whole idea of, of kind of being a, in each other's business just kind of feels weird. Maybe some of you, you've kind of had a glimpse of this, and you know what it's like to be in community, but you also know what it's like to get burned by community. And so, like, yeah, I'm not really sure I'm ready for that again, because, like, what if other people go off the deep end? What if I don't like the influence they have in my life? What if I don't 
What if I don't like what they have to say? What if they hold a different opinion? I think regardless of our opinions about this type of community, this idea that we see here in Acts, this idea that we would be aware of each other's needs and meet each other's needs, that we would value and seek out other uh, input from our brothers and sisters in Christ and that we would always be making room for new people to come to the table. Even if that seems off or weird or unusual, it is the faith that has been delivered to us in the gospel. It is the picture that has been painted for us in the scripture. It's what we ought to strive for. It's what we ought to lean into. You say, well, okay, that sounds great, but like, how do you just make that happen? How do you get from, hey, my name's Justin, to, oh, you, you, you need to go somewhere? Here's your keys to my car, whatever you need. What's mine is yours. How, how do you get from here to there? Well, that's another one of those things I'm not really sure how to tell you. Like, I don't have five easy steps to go from outside to inside community. What, what I can tell you is you just have to start somewhere. You have to just show up. Listen, we're going to do lots of stuff. We, we've decided this semester that the one thing that students need most during this time is they need relationships. They need community. They need to not sit in their dorm room alone for 23 hours a day. That's not healthy. And so we're, we're going to do everything we can to create those opportunities. Listen, tonight we're going to have cocoa and cakes. And listen, you may not like hot chocolate, right? And you may not like Little Debbie cakes. Listen, we're, we're not getting together tomorrow night to play games, okay? That's not the purpose. The purpose is that we're showing up because we believe there is a grace that we receive from one another. That there is something the Lord has put in you that he wants to give to me. There's a word of encouragement. There's a word of strengthening. There's a relationship. There's something that God has put in the community that he intended for us to receive from that we can't get it on our own. And so we don't, we don't gather around our hobbies. We don't gather around our favorite foods. It's great. Listen, if you like pizza from Domino's, we're going to have Domino's pizza. It's probably going to be pepperoni or some cheese. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter what kind of pizza we're having. What, what matters is we want to show up because I don't really know how to get you to where I'm trying to describe, but I know if you don't show up, you definitely aren't going to get there. And so if we're going to build relationships, if we're going to be a community like we see in Scripture, we have to find a way to put ourselves out there to, to work through. Maybe, maybe there's some hang-ups or something to work through, and I'd be happy to pray for you or, or talk to you about those things. But, but I feel like the Lord is calling us to deeper community. That we've relied on ourselves for too long. We've tried to do it our own way for too long. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we just realize there's just something missing from what I read about in the Bible and what I've experienced in my own life. And I think God's calling us to something deeper. So uh, tonight, here's how we're going to end. I, I don't. You know, during this season of COVID, it's been really weird. Normally, we'd, you know, invite you down front. We'd pray for you. But that's not really uh, something we can do right now. Um, but tonight, we have hot chocolate, and, and we have uh, Little Debbie cakes, and we have people. And tonight, here, here's, here's my response call. Go talk to someone you don't know and ask them some questions about them and begin getting to know them. And then, if you think about it sometimes this week, pray for them. 
hearts. And it's, it's really hard to not care for people that you pray about. When you pray about people, somehow they just, they just get into your heart. And so I want to encourage you. It's really simple. Go meet someone and pray for them. And, and if you're free tomorrow night, come hang out, play games, eat pizza with us. And I think if we'll, we'll at least take the first step, I think God will form us into the community. And I think when we do that, this will be a place that people want to come, and we'll see other people coming and sitting at the table with us. So tonight, uh, I want to close with a prayer, and then we're going to dismiss, and you guys can make your way right back out the way you came in and um, grab some hot chocolate or coffee or, or whatever. Um, but I will say, if you would like prayer, or if you'd like to talk, I'm going to hang out right here up front. You can come sit in one of these front row seats here, and I'll sit on the, on the stage, and I'll pray for you, or, or we can chat if you if there's some way we can minister to you. We don't want you to leave here needing prayer and not being able to receive that. Uh, so let's, let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your body was broken for us, that your blood was poured out for us, and that you showed us what it looked like to love in your great sacrifice. Lord, we thank you that you made room at the table for us, that you welcomed us in, you loved us, you saw our needs, and you met our needs. Lord, you influenced our lives when we were your enemies. You still reached out to us. Lord, would you shape us and mold us into what you want us to be? Lord, would you teach us how to love each other well, how to be the body of Christ? Lord, would you bless our times of fellowship and our times of gathering, that there would be a special grace that's imparted when the body of Christ assembles together. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be dismissed. Thanks for listening to the Troy Chi Alpha podcast. For more information about the ministry of Troy Chi Alpha, you can look us up online at troychialpha.com. You can email us at troychialpha at gmail.com or find us on social media at Troy Chi Alpha. Thanks for listening.